Welcome to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, where legends share legendary stories. Presented by the Hampton in Waco. This episode is part five of our nine for Title IX series, entitled Texas A&M Trailblazers Part Two, with golfer Brenda Goldsmith Hocott. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode five of our Nine for Title Nine series, celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title Nine with some of the greatest women in Texas sports history. This episode is presented by the Hampton in Waco and features Brenda Goldsmith Hocott. She set many firsts. She won the first girls Texas State UIL Golf Championship, and she's got a very special story to share about that. She won that first UIL Texas State Girls Golf Championship while at San Antonio's MacArthur High School. Brenda Goldsmith Hocott was the top-ranked junior golfer in the United States, along with Nancy Lopez and Amy Alcott. She later became the first woman to be awarded an athletic scholarship at Texas A&M University. And she was also Texas A&M's first women's letter winner. In 2022, the Southeastern Conference celebrated the 50th anniversary of Title IX by naming two women from each member's school as SEC Trailblazers. Brenda Goldsmith Hocott was named a trailblazer for Texas A&M, as well as Vicki Brown Sobecki, who appeared in the previous episode of this series. Thank you so much for celebrating the 50th anniversary of Title IX and interviewing with us, Brenda. How did you first get involved with sports? Well, I have an older brother, 13 months older than I am. I'm the only girl, and I have two younger brothers. We did swimming and I just tagged along with him. He got his tonsils out one summer, and so he couldn't swim, so my father got him a set of golf clubs. And I started hitting balls with his clubs, and that's how we got started. And how old were you about that time? I'm going to say about 11. About 11? Okay. Mm-hmm. And then um, by 1971, you were the state junior girls champion? Yeah, that that it was a it was a really a big deal. I mean, the the state championship was always held in Dallas. It was sponsored by uh, the Dallas Times Herald. It was a great tournament for young juniors. Beat uh, Susie Long in the finals. She was a Dallas standout. Did you have a high school team, or were, were you golfing as individual? Through uh, no, no, my brother was a year older than I was in high school, so. I just basically tagged along with him. We had no girls that were playing, nothing, nothing. I mean, we didn't have any girls playing. And then when Title IX came in, in 1972, the spring of 73 is the first state championship for girls that the UIL had. They had to have a state championship. And there were a couple of girls that played sort of golf, and we went to Austin to play, and I won the championship by 26 strokes or something. And in 2004, my daughter won this UIL 5A state championship. 
Oh, wow. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. So, okay, so you won the first... I won the first UIL State Girls High School Championship. Mm-hmm. And by 26 strokes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty yeah. amazing. And then your daughter won all those years later. Wow. And you mentioned Title IX getting passed. How did you first become aware of Title IX? Well, my dad was very interested in politics, and he, you know, did volunteer work with a lot of organizations in San Antonio. He was a big Democrat, you know. He, you know, he knew Barbara Jordan, so he was very aware of Title IX, and I had no clue. So my brother graduated in '72, and he got a golf scholarship to the University of New Mexico. And, of course, they didn't have anything on the table for girls. So my dad started, a, you know, a campaign of, hey, this is the law now. Let's look at athletic scholarships. And I wanted to stay in the state of Texas. I, I didn't really want to go outside the state. I didn't want to go to New Mexico. My teacher was here in San Antonio, and I really wanted to stay in the state. I told my dad, I said, well, can I go to UT, you know? University of Texas, and he started writing letters to Daryl Royal and the other regents or whoever. And um, Daryl Royal said, nah, you're not getting my football money. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do, but there is no money for women's sports right now. And then Henry Ransom was the golf coach at A&M, and he had been playing at my club in San Antonio, and I had met him and met his wife, and he suggested to go to A&M. You know, hey, I'll make some calls. He made some calls and got the ball rolling. And my dad wrote letters and, you know, A&M said, hey, this is the time we can beat Texas at something. We can be first. And they came up with a scholarship right there. So I was the first woman to receive an athletic scholarship in the Southwest Conference. That is amazing. And It uh, is amazing for me and <laughs> Yeah, well, and how surprised were you throughout the whole process? Did, did Was there a point where you were like, uh, I don't think this is really going to happen, or, or were you pretty confident the whole time? You're so young at that time, you know, and I was ranked number one junior with Nancy Lopez and Amy Alcott that summer as the number one junior player. And so, I mean, my focus was just, I was just playing golf. I wasn't surprised because I thought I should get a scholarship the way I'm playing. And like you said, you were you were the first. Uh, yeah, for... so I go to A and M. I go to A and M, and you know, meet Emery Ballard and the president Jack Williams, and take the usual photo shoots and stuff of Marvin Tate. And then when the fall comes around, I'm there, and they just don't know what to do with me. I mean, what do you do with her? You know. <laughs> they, I, they had no athletic director. They had no program in place. They had nothing in place. So Henry Ransom said, just come out with the boys. We'll play golf and stuff, and, you know, we'll, we'll get things going. So there was nothing there. Nothing. You were golfing um, with the men's team. Yeah. Well, practicing, you know, working out with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with the boys' team, yeah. The first year first two years really I played with them and I knew some of the guys you know I knew them from high school golf and um, they were acceptable they accepted it when I played in high school they didn't like it 
They didn't like me playing on the boys' team in high school. That was a different story. That was a bad attitude, let me tell you. Now, and, and, and were you competing against boys in, in high school? Yes. In 72, yeah. They let me play on the boys' team. I played in tournaments. I played in a couple of tournaments on the boys' team. They didn't have anything else. And you must have done fairly well, I'm guessing. Well, there's a little story to that where it was over Thanksgiving holiday and they had like a high school tournament, you know, in a little town called Pleasanton, south of San Antonio. The coach entered me, entered my brother, everybody, you know. And um, they paired me up with the, the number one player from Alamo Heights, which was a strong golf school in San Antonio. It was real foggy. We only played nine holes. And I beat him by one shot. And the guy was just livid. <laughs> he felt so ugly. And, boy, I didn't live that one down for a long time. He's <laughs> the number one player from Elmo Heights, you know. Oh, sure. It, but, it, you're you know. kind of like Billie Jean King beating Bobby Riggs there. It, it, it was kind of like that. I think I shot 40 and he shot 41 or something. But, you know, it was just... It was really uncomfortable for me. It was I didn't like it. It was uncomfortable, but I didn't care. I wanted to play golf, so I played. Play hard. When we return, we'll hear more from Brenda Goldsmith Hocott, the first woman to attend Texas A&M on an athletic scholarship. On our 9 for Title IX series, celebrating 50 years of Title IX, presented by the Hampton in Waco. Hi, this is Hall of Famer Nancy Lieberman, and I listen to the Texas Hall of Fame podcast. And if you're not listening to it, you're missing out. When you come to Waco, be sure to stay at the Hampton Inn Waco, located just a short distance from the Texas Sports Hall of Fame. You'll start your day off with a delicious complimentary breakfast, and you'll enjoy the Hampton Inn Waco's free Wi-Fi, fitness center, and pool. Next time you bring your team to Waco, make the Hampton Inn Waco your home court on the road. Welcome back to our 9 for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast presented by the Hampton in Waco. Don't forget to follow the Texas Sports Hall of Fame on all of its social media channels such as Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. What were the early college tournaments or, or college competition like. Well, I didn't, I didn't, um, they just, they just weren't together, you know, I mean, we didn't have an, I mean, we didn't have anything at A&M organized. We were still under the AIAW, mm -hmm. um, we weren't NCAA yet, so I went to the national tournament, that's the only tournament I played in, I played in some amateur tournaments during the year, my freshman year, and then the next year, there were tournaments that were coming up, schools were having more tournaments. And my mother ended up chaperoning. There was a couple of girls that they said they played golf in the PE classes. So we went to a couple of tournaments. My mother was a chaperone. 
and drove us to Lubbock, drove us to Beaumont, drove us around the state so we could play as a team. And I went to the Nationals then, and I played amateur tournaments too to keep my game sharp and played all summer long. By the time my junior year came around, they hired a golf coach, Kitty Holly, and we went to more tournaments. And she actually tried to recruit some players and it was really sparse. There wasn't a whole lot of girls playing. It was hard to put a decent team together. She worked hard. She tried to recruit, and we hosted a college tournament. It was a good success, and I, I went to four years of nationals. It was just rough at the first four years, you know? It was not organized. You wanted a team. You didn't have a team. But as my daughter puts it, she said, Mom... He went to A&M, so now other girls can do it. And your daughter not only followed in your footsteps winning the UIL Texas State Championship, but she also went to college on a golf scholarship. She played on Baylor with a golf scholarship, my daughter. So, yeah. That was a, it's a time of, of really suffering and trial and error and, I didn't really like it because I wish it was more organized now. I mean, look at it now. It's just, you know, great. But, you know, wish it was more developed, but it wasn't. You know, we were really on our own. And I was a self-starter. I, as a junior, learned how to practice on my own, learned how to prepare on my own, learned how to get ready. So I didn't really need a coach to tell me, that you know, you need to go out there and get some balls or something. I knew what to do. So that was the blessing because if I didn't and I relied on a coach, I, I had no coach. You mentioned that A&M held a tournament at one point. Yeah, A&M held a collegiate tournament. You know, these schools were coming up with tournaments and, you know, Lamar came up with one, North Texas. I even won the state collegiate championship, the first state women's championship. So it was just developing in A&M. You know, we talked Coach Holly into, you know, hounding the athletic department. Let's put a tournament on so we can have a tournament to play in on our golf course. And she worked hard and put the tournament together. So that was good. Do you remember what year that was? I won the Tucker, which was one of the premier collegiate championships in Albuquerque. And that was when Nancy Lopez was a freshman. So maybe had to be... 76. And it was a first year Coach Holly was there. So it had to be 76, I think. She was like, come on, this is easy. You won the tournament. <laughs> yeah, coaching's easy. <laughs> Coaching is easier when you have great golfers on your team. Would you please tell us what the women's athletic department at Texas A&M was like in those first few years? My first year, we didn't have an uh, athletic director. I reported to Emery Ballard and Marvin Tate, and they were really cool about it. So my first year, we didn't even have anybody. It was a work in progress. I see now what they've got and how great some of these programs are now and the facilities and everything. And, it, and it's just, it's amazing. It really has come a great way. So I was frustrated that... We didn't have a team. You know, I was captain, but I didn't really have an experience of really playing on a good team or having that team camaraderie. 
Because, you know, these girls were there, but, you know, they were there not for golf. That's all changed. It's so competitive now, and it's just great. It's great how it's come about. Despite that, you still had several big accomplishments in your golf career. I'm a two-time member of the Curtis Cup team. I played in 78 and 80 on the United States Curtis Cup team. I'm very proud of that. It's like the Ryder Cup or the Walker Cup, the women's version of the Walker Cup, where a team from the United States is selected by the USGA, the United States Golf Association, and they play every two years, and they play against Great Britain and Ireland. It's a really a prestigious event to get selected on, and it's very hard to get selected. You have to play very good golf. You have to play nationally, you know, the U.S. Open and U.S. Amateur and play well to be a selected player. So I'm very proud of that. And I finished a second low amateur in the U.S. Open in 1977 when I was at A&M. I won some national tournaments. You were also in the LPGA later, correct? Right. I played four years on the LPGA. I had accomplished all my amateur goals. I was at the top. So the next thing to do is just repeat those or move forward. And uh, I really wasn't dying to play on the LPGA. It just it just didn't appeal to me. And there's several reasons, but, but a friend of mine, who ended up being my husband, told me, you need to try it because you don't want to regret saying you didn't try it. And I did. And I really, I, I don't know, I was kind of tired of golf. I was kind of getting tired at that point, tired of traveling. They didn't pay the entire field if you made the cut. You didn't get paid if you finished at the bottom of the field because the upper 15% wanted more money. And, you know, they were struggling with money. It was a struggle. Some of the tournaments were great. Some of the tournaments were just like, what are we doing? So, Brenda, you weren't just a trailblazer at the collegiate level but also at the pro level. And what you and the others on that tour did in the early days created opportunities for so many women at the pro level now as well. And that really needs to be recognized. One last question that, that we're asking everybody. It's, it's kind of a fill-in-the-blank kind of question. But um, if not for Title Nine, and then fill-in-the-blank... If not for Title IX, I would have probably ended up, because the AIAW would allow you to play golf if you played on an academic scholarship. And the very few universities were offering that. Florida International, Miami-Dade Junior College, Odessa Junior College. So I wouldn't have the opportunity to go to a first-class university with golf and playing golf. It would have been difficult for my parents to send me to college. I probably would have just stayed here and tried to go to junior college and see what happens. Without Title IX, I had no, I had no opportunity to play or to go to a first-class school like A&M. I mean, A&M really went out there. You know, can you imagine? I mean, they don't have any women. They don't have anything. 
Yeah, they did take that crucial first step because they knew that it was important to do. They really did. I mean, Emery Blard was the one. He didn't know how he was going to pay for it. He didn't know where it was going to come from or any of that, but he knew that he wanted to get it started. And you really have to credit A&M and the visionaries. Brenda, thank you so much. Is there anything else that you think is important to uh, to add? Or? You asked me about Title IX. You know, look at the benefit that personally my family received is that both my daughters went on golf scholarships. One went to Baylor and the other one went to UC Pan American and on full scholarships. And I'm pretty proud of that. That's really cool that they got a chance to earn scholarships to go to school because of Title IX. Because, you know, I was at the beginning. They got to reap the benefits. Let's see the payback now. I got to feel it, see it, be proud of it, and it's it's there. I had two girls that played great golf and got the benefits of Title IX. I feel very blessed about that, that it would come back like that. Thank you for listening to this episode of our Nine for Title IX series on the Texas Sports Hall of Fame podcast, presented by the Hampton in Waco. Come visit the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, and when you do, book your stay at the Hampton in Waco.